This is Anchored in Christ, the sermon podcast that gives you hope in the gospel as an anchor for your soul. Brought to you from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Welcome to Anchored in Christ, the sermon podcast from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. I'm Deborah Owen, and I'm here with Reverend Dr. Sarah Singleton, our pastor. We're in the middle of a sermon series called Soul Searching, based on John Ortberg's book, Soul Keeping. So the circumstances of when you wrote the sermon are really compelling. I know we, we talked about it in the, in the first episode, but can you just re- refresh our memories just a little bit about why you wrote the sermon and somebody else is preaching it? Absolutely. <laughs> it's because I got the flu and then it set off asthma and it was the worst asthma I'd ever had and it was life-threatening. Mm-hmm. And so I was in the hospital once thinking I was going to recover and instead I worsened at home and was sent back for a second week of hospitalization. Mm. So that's why my husband is preaching the sermon that I was actually writing while I couldn't breathe in the hospital and um, was surrounded by books in the bed and a lot of a lot of support systems yeah, around me. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and it's funny because it's not funny, but I mean it's it's apropos perhaps that the the sermon was called "Confident versus Anxious Soul," and I don't know if that had any effect on some of what you were writing as you were sitting in the hospital bed and and working on this particular sermon. Well, anyone with any shred of integrity would say, yeah, that's what happens when when you're writing um, from the Word of God. If it's not your own personal story, then you're praying, Lord, save me. Mm. Lord, forgive me. Lord, help me. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there were a lot of prayers going up Mm -hmm. because I didn't know if I would recover or when I would recover. Mm -hmm. But it is about what happens when a storm hits um, from Matthew 7. Mm-hmm. Everyone's life has a storm. Mm-hmm. Will the foundation stand? And how then do you build in such a way your life so that when the storm hits you, your foundation stands? That's great. Let's listen to the sermon. Well, this is my first ever experience of preaching my wife's sermon. She wrote it. I'm preaching it. We've had a lot of honeydew lists all through the years. Never had this one before. So we'll see how I do with that. Now, this is the third in a sermon series on soul searching. The series is looking at the soul's condition in light of the gospel. Week one was what is the soul? And the soul is your real life, your will with an eternal destiny, the soul functions as the operating system of our mind and our will and our body. And Jesus came to restore the stuck and the disordered soul. That's why he's come. Week two is, is your soul rested or is your soul weary? And Jesus invites us to come to him that we actually may find rest for our souls. So practices of prayer and solitude and silence and Sabbath-keeping all support the rhythm of the soul. But today we're going to look at the source of the confidence of our soul. Is our our security based on circumstances or is it based on God's abiding presence? Presence. Now that's a big difference. 
If it's based on circumstances, then everything in your life needs to go right. If it's based on God's abiding presence, then you'll be amazed at what your soul can do even when circumstances are not quite right. Is your soul confident or is it anxious? That's going to be the focus of today. So I want you to hold up your right hand for just a minute. Would you hold up your right hand? And I want you to let it just kind of be very nervous for a minute. And I want you to hold up your left hand and then let it just be very calm. So we're going to try to decide which one are we going to let our souls be in light of God's word for us today. Listen to Jeremiah chapter 17. I'll just be reading two verses. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. They shall be like a tree planted by water, sending out its roots by the stream. It will not fear when heat comes, and its leaves shall stay green. In the year of drought, it is not anxious, and it does not, not cease to bear fruit. Let's pray. Lord, now take your word and open it for us in a way that allows us to see what our soul is most apt to be like. And if it's not as you would have it be in a blessed way, then give us the grace to grow and to change. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. It happened now more than 20 years ago. I was leading a group of church members with Sarah on a biblical tour through Israel. Among the many with us were a friend who's with us today, Rachel Johnson, and another person on the trip was a former Air Force intelligence officer. As our bus was traveling up to Jerusalem, the driver received word that just ahead of us on the road, a bomb had exploded. Immediately, we pulled over to the side of the road as police cars whizzed by us. Lots of excited talk we could hear on our driver's radio. As he was corresponding to somebody in Hebrew, we didn't understand it, but it sounded very nervous. We eventually pulled over into a parking lot and waited there. My friend who was an Air Force intelligence uh, officer was pacing back and forth. He was worried. In fact, he suggested that we skip the rest of the trip and head immediately to the airport and get out of Israel that very day. Rachel Johnson marveled that marveled that we were in this place for just such a time as this. And she said, what do you think God is up to in this moment? A bomb had just gone off on the road. 
What do you think God's up to? What does God have in store? Let's go to him in prayer and find out. And you know, that's what we did. We could have been that anxious soul, oh my goodness. Or we could be confident. What does your soul do? Same circumstance, two very different reactions. How do you react when trouble comes into your life? It often reveals to us where is our real trust? Now, Jeremiah gives us a picture, a picture of what it's like to trust in God. Blessed are those whose trust is in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. They are like a tree planted by water and sending its roots down by the stream. Now, trees get started in one of two ways, either by the force of nature or by human intervention. Our home in Ipswich is surrounded by massive oak trees, and one force of nature comes in the form of furry squirrels who bury acorns in the middle of our lawn. Nature can place seeds anywhere, and given the right conditions, a tree can grow virtually anywhere. That's natural. In a similar way, you and I can grow almost anywhere. We're born in a place and a time, into a family and a nation, and given the right condition, can grow. Are we near water? Maybe, maybe not. But there's another way trees get started. And it's an important distinction. Hear it again. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. They shall be like a tree planted by water, sending out its roots by the stream. Now the word planted really means transplanted. The tree originally, where it was by nature, is dug up, moved over, and transplanted by a certain stream of water. See, God transplants the person whose soul is putting its trust in the Lord. Whoever chooses to put their trust in the Lord is, Lord is transplanted from a natural source of confidence in circumstances to a supernatural, God-given trust. So putting one's trust in the Lord is a decision. It's an act of the will. It's at the center of our soul. Have you made that decision that I'm going to trust in the Lord? The answers would be yes, no, or sort of. I'm in the sort of category a lot. I sort of make the decision and then I sort of look at the circumstances and get all nervous. But those who willingly trust in the Lord are transplanted by God's own life-giving resources. They shall be like a tree planted by the water, sending out its roots by the stream. Science writer Hope Jarvis, like a tree planted by the water, sending out its roots by the stream. Science writer Hope Jarin writes an interesting fact about how a tree puts down its roots. She says, no risk is more terrifying than that taken 
by the very first root coming out of the seed. She calls taking root a big gamble. But if the seed takes root, it can go down 12, 30, even 40 meters under the ground. The results are more powerful for the tree's roots can actually swell and split rocks. They move gallons of water for years more effectively than any pump yet invented by a person. Amazing system of bringing nourishment right to the tree. Those who trust in God are blessed, rooted in the stream of water that God provides. I would love it if we could arrange our circumstances to never be troublesome. Turn to your neighbor and go, I want that. I want my circumstances to never be troublesome. Tell your neighbor that now. And neighbor, tell your friend right back, sorry, you don't get that. Sorry, that's not part of it. So if we're going to have variable circumstances, then the key is to decide where is your trust going to be? Is it going to be in the anxious part of your life? Things are not going well. Or is it going to be in this side of your life that can simply trust? It's been very encouraging to me to have people to watch in my life who made the choice to trust, to trust in God, not circumstances. And they lived with such a resilience. I think of Margaret Robertson in her 90s when I knew her. Very difficult life. Very difficult physical challenges. She was not very wealthy. She was poor. She lived in a group home for elderly people. She lived in one little room and had a very limited kind of life. Yet every time I visited her, I came out feeling better because she was so full of trust in the Lord. She had every reason to complain about her circumstances. They were not good. She never complained. She just trusted. I had a woman that worked in a church, the first one I was in. She was a cook. Her life was incredibly difficult. Children that got in trouble, financial issues that were troublesome, every difficult. Children that got in trouble, financial issues that were troublesome. Every time I asked Lloyd Jean how she was doing, she said, you know, I'm just blessed. I am blessed. Because my roots are by the water. I'm reading a book now by a man named Terry Looper, who is a very naturally anxious businessman in the oil business in Houston, Texas. I've known him for years. He's written a book now just out called Sacred Pace, in which he's learned to not be this person, but to be this person. Can you trust in the Lord? It's so good when you've got examples to watch. See, when you look at the situation, as it's described in Jeremiah, in, in verse 8, it shall not fear when the heat comes, and its leaves shall stay green in the year of drought. It is plead our strength. What saps your strength? Unrelenting work hours, unmet emotional needs, continual conflict, Na national news that raises alarms. What drives your strength? 
out and makes you wonder how the world is going to survive. The soul that chooses to trust in the Lord doesn't fear when the heat comes. Its leaves stay green. Today's St. Patrick's Day, the day we wear green. The day we celebrate Patrick's bringing the gospel to the Green Isle of Ireland. But Patrick, if you don't know, he trusted God amazingly deeply. He trusted him when he was a slave in Ireland. He trusted him when he escaped and came back as a missionary to the very people that had enslaved him. He's got a hymn. It's number six in your hymn book in which he describes Christ before me. Christ. He's got a hymn. It's number six in your hymn book in which he describes Christ before me, Christ above me, Christ around me, Christ below me. He trusted. Amazing trust. When the blazing heat threatens, we continue to thrive. In the year of drought, an even worse condition. No water coming from above. The roots go down deep near the stream. And there is survival. How do we do it? You know, there's a woman named Pat who placed her trust in the Lord. Her story is told by a Yale psychiatrist, Jeffrey Boyd, in a book called Diagnostic and Statistical Manual on Mental Illnesses. Pat's greatest joy had nothing to do with her outward circumstances. She suffered the effects of diabetes, a heart attack, and two strokes. She went into renal failure, which often required dialysis, and had both of her legs amputated while still in her 30s. She was placed in a nursing home, except for those several times a year when she had to be hospitalized, frequently going into a coma for a week or two during those stays. But Pat was part of a church in Washington, D.C. that wanted to create a homeless shelter. They couldn't find anyone with the leadership skills to pull it off, so Pat volunteered to organize the homeless shelter. In between dialysis and amputations and comas, she pulled a team together, got the zoning changes, got the architectural help, got the fundraising done. Then she helped the team figure out the rules for life in the homeless shelter. And she recruited and trained the entire staff to pull it off. And when Pat died after... At her funeral, homeless people stood next to United States cabinet members such as then Secretary of State James Baker at her funeral. This is the kind of person who trusts even in the year of drought. But you see, it's the heat and the drought that actually reveal to us what we're trusting. Because as long as circumstances are going right, we may feel calm. Circumstances go badly. We're getting anxious. Are we trusting in God or trusting in the circumstances? So the first passage that Beth read is actually the reminder of you're going to endure based on what you put your foundation on. Everyone who hears these words of mine of Jesus and acts on them is going to be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell down, the floods came up, the wind blew and beat against the house. You remember these hand motions from vacation motions from vacation Bible school? But the house did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them 
will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell down, the floods came up, the wind blew and beat against the house, and it fell. And great was its fall. You see, the parable is about same circumstances, two different outcomes. Everyone is building a house. The way you have structured your life is, in effect, your house. It's how you use your time, your money, your thoughts, your body. We build a life on what we do. But every house is going to face a storm. Those are the two constants. Everyone's building a house. Every house is going to face a storm. Tell your neighbor again, I don't want any storms. And neighbor, tell them, we're going to have them. Every house faces a storm. The choice comes in what you build your house on. Sand or rock. Easier to put up a house on sand. Harder to put up a house on rock. Whoever hears God's word and puts it into action is like somebody building their house on a rock. You hear the word, the storm comes, and you stand. Building your house instead on the sand means we threw it up. But when the storm comes, we don't remain green. We don't remain resilient. We get anxious. The texts, both of them, from Jeremiah and Matthew, are inviting us to the wise kind of life, the blessed kind of life. Blessed means in Hebrew that blessed means in Hebrew that you're on the right road. It's good to be on the right road. But it means you're going to have to learn to trust something larger than yourself. I'm a big guy. And every now and then, in fact, I think four different times in my life, I've sat on a very insecure chair and I have broken it. Yes, I have broken it. Four chairs, two of them cane bottom chairs, and I can go right through them. So I've gotten to the point in life where I look before I sit down. Does the chair look like it can hold me? And let me tell you, depending on good circumstances in your life, is not a chair strong enough to hold you? But finding Jesus Christ and his word and his way, well, that's something you can put your whole weight on. So God's invitation to us today is to allow our souls to attach themselves to the strongest source, to the kind of place that is bedrock. But God leaves that as a choice. It's a choice for your soul. Do you want to live an anxious life, trying to manufacture all your circumstances, to always go just right? Good luck! You can't prevent the storms. I grew up in Oklahoma. We had storms. I mean, we had tornadoes that would come in. I came up one time after a tornado, and I saw a piece of straw that had been blown right through a telephone pole and was sticking out of both ends. That's a storm. 
So you think, well, I'll move to New England. They don't have storms here. And then they have nor'easterns here. And then they have nor'easterns here that make storms in Oklahoma look tame. They take the sand out from under your house right over there on Plum Island. Well, let's move to Hawaii. They don't have storms there. Oh, they've got volcanoes there. Well, let's move somewhere. Where are there no storms that we can move? The better option is to learn to put your trust in something larger than you. John Ortberg recounts a story when he was out surfing alone. There was no one in the water. The only person he could see was this huge guy on the beach practicing martial arts. But after a while, he was out in the water. He saw this tiny wisp of a kid come paddling up out of nowhere on a surfboard. It was chilling to think of this little child out on the Pacific Ocean itself. He was so small, he hardly needed a surfboard. He could have surfed on a frisbee into the beach. So Orberg asked him what was his name, and he said his name was Shane. And he said, how long have you been surfing, Shane? And he said, seven years. And he said, how old are you? And he said, eight. How did you get here, Shane? Well, my dad brought me. And then the little boy turned around and he waved at the nearby empty beach where Goliath was down there doing martial arts and he waved back. That was his dad. Hi, son, he called out. That's when Ortberg understand that Shane was so at home in the vastness of the ocean and it wasn't his size, it wasn't his skill, it was the one standing on the beach watching over him. His father was always watching and his father was really big and Shane really wasn't for you. Neither are we. You're not alone. Those who put their trust in the Lord are like trees planted by the water, sending out its roots by the stream. And it's not going to fear when the heat comes. And its leaves are going to stay green. And in the year of drought, it's not anxious. And it does not cease to bear fruit. Let me just add that I've just done a sermon for you by a person that wrote it in a storm, a physical storm. And if I were in that physical storm, storm, and if I were in that physical storm, this would be me. But this sermon was written by somebody who's been in an incredible storm and just keeps choosing to be confident in the Lord. It doesn't mean she's not tempted to be anxious. But bear in mind, we've got to have people to watch to show us how to trust. And St. Patrick can show you that and Sarah can show you that. And Rachel Johnson can show you that. And Margaret Robertson can show you that. And I could go name about name in this very room. It's not that you get your circumstances just right. 
It's that you put your trust in a great big God. Let's pray. Lord, some of us know how to do this and some of us just don't. And we long to be the person who puts their feet way down on a solid rock. And in so doing, we dare to trust. Would you invite us again to that life? For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. If you'd like more information about our historic church, or you'd like to find out more about the gospel of Jesus, please visit our website at oldsouthnbpt.org. The peace of Christ be with you.